Welcome to Real Faith with Robbie and Minnie today. Mm. You're listening to Faith FM. I had to really think about that because I've been saying Beck for the last five months. And um, yeah, it was, it was really hard to not just say the same thing I've been saying every Thursday for the last five months. Well, look, you're welcome to. Um, I can just call you Beck, hey? <laughs> I wonder how Beck will feel about that. I don't know. But how are you going today, Minnie? Oh, look, the sun is out. I was at the beach. Like, it's been a good day. This is a win. This is a win. I, I commented when you came in, I noticed that you got a bit of sunburn on your nose. No, no, no. Just some love from the sun. Love it's, from the sun. I see. It's I not burn. It's a good thing. <laughs> no, I did. I did. But it was the other day. <laughs> How are you feeling? What's I'm, been happening? I'm feeling great. Um, I just, you know, living life. I, uh, I found, by the way, this shameless plug for Cotton On, there was a sale on yesterday, uh-huh. and I've been needing some new shirts because all my shirts have gotten holes in them, and I, no, I don't have a problem with that, except it's not the best look when you're trying to go uh, talk to people about things that are of importance. They, they kind of get distracted. To, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I don't mind. I like my holy clothing, but uh, not everybody does, so I had to go get some new shirts, but they were 30% off everywhere. So Actually, that was there's heaps of sales on at the moment. Yeah, you know what it is? I don't. Black Friday which is basically a consumer holiday for sales based on Thanksgiving, which is, in fact, today. Today. Oh, yeah, it's my dad's birthday as well. Happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Dad, yeah. Uh, It's a good thing that there's a time difference and it won't have hit you yet, so I'm going to have to tell that to you tomorrow. (laughs) But we got to, yeah. So that's what I've been up to, just uh, Mm -hmm. trying to live life and kind of enjoy the heat. Do life. Oh, do you not enjoy the heat? Uh, yes and no. Oh. Uh, you guys can text in, by the way. How do you feel about the heat? I like the heat as long as I can wear shorts and not have to wear shoes. Yes. But today I was wearing one. long pants and I was wearing high top shoes and I got home and I was like, I can't survive. I must change before I leave the house again. <laughs> and I went to go put shorts on instead of long pants and I went, those shoes, those shoes are staying here at the house as well. Yeah. I'm going to get me thongs and I'm going out with thongs and shorts today. It's just too hot. Look, I can care. I love heat. I do. Uh, but I also, on the way here, I was like, ah, all I have in my car is volleys. I don't really want to wear them, but I probably should wear shoes. Yeah, I'm with you. Except I didn't care about wearing the shoes. But anyway, I hope you guys are out there enjoying your day. We've got a great show lined up for you. We're super excited to have Minnie here to um, co-host with us. It's exciting. We've never co-hosted together, but we've been friends for... I don't know, a decade, so that's exciting. Um, Today, we're going to be starting a new Bible study series. Woo! You! So I am super excited. Now, you guys may have have rocked up to Woolworths or Coles or IGA or something, and you've noticed that the the Christmas music is out. Well, we decided, I decided, that we're going to do a Bible study series over the next four weeks on the first advent of Jesus. Mm. So we're going to break that down and look at some of those stories of Jesus' first coming to earth, and particularly those around his birth, and that's what we're going to be studying over the next few few weeks and we've got a testify story today from Keaton and we are super excited to share all of that with you. This is the Downing family. If that don't make you want to go. John saw a golden city, New Jerusalem come down. Twelve jasper walls and gates of pearl Such splendor all around And he tells about a river of life That flows beneath the throne Where we'll drink and live eternally In a mansion all our own Oh, if that don't make you wanna go Brother, if that don't make you wanna go Sister, if that don't make you wanna go To heaven, I don't know 
say there is no heartache there And no more curse of sin No sickness and no cross to bear And death can't enter in No fighting and no battlefields No war, no enemy Where the lamb and lion lay side by side In that land of perfect peace Oh, if that don't make you wanna go Brother, if that don't make you wanna go Sister, if that don't make you wanna go To heaven, I don't know what does No worries and no more to fear It's a glorious land of endless day where Jesus is the light. Got a lot of friends and loved ones there, and a Savior I will meet. And I'll lay my crown of jewels down when I bow at Jesus' feet. Oh, if that don't make you wanna go, brother, if that don't make you wanna go, sister, if that don't make you wanna go. I don't know what does I don't know what Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Minnie. You are listening to Faith FM Radio, and we are super stoked to have you. It has come that time of the show where we talk about weird and wonderful things about the world. But before we get into that, I just wanted to do another plug for our question of the week portion of the show, which comes up right towards the end. So if you've got any questions about God or the Bible or any of these spiritual concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can do that by calling in about any of those kinds of questions at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH. FM, or you can text in at 0491064669. That's 0491064669. Or you can hit us up on our Facebook page, Faith FM Australia. I like that you just went from O to zero, also in that same number. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I still <laughs> Anyway. You've probably said that number before, seeing as you've got a lot of experience on the radio, too. By the way, guys, if you enjoy listening to Minnie this afternoon, you should definitely listen into The Breakfast Show, which (laughs) operates from 7 to 9 on this same radio station, Monday to Friday. All right, so what do you have for us today, Minnie? I'm going to talk to you about sand. Yes! I love sand, except when it gets in your clothes. Everywhere. Or your (laughs) shoes. Or... I, I like car, to surf, so it gets everywhere. It. Yeah, yeah. I have to vacuum my car occasionally. I need to. I haven't done it. Yeah, we're, um, we're very similar. I did it once this year. <laughs> it needed to be vacuumed once a week this year. But anyway, yeah, tell Lord. us about sand. Okay, well, sand. I was a bit at the beach this morning, and I was just lying on the sand. I was like, wow, it's really hot. And then I just got thinking about sand, and then I was listening to a podcast. I was like, I need to tell people about sand. Were you, were you Hold on. Were you listening to a podcast about sand? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this, I'm expecting great things from this. No, no, no. <laughs> it was interesting. But yeah, I just found it interesting that sand is actually the most important solid substance on earth, which makes sense. It was like, I know this. I know Solid. That, yeah. Well, you have air, you have water. Like that's, we need that. It's ideal. Well, I, we need food. No, it's okay. I'm listening. Yeah, okay. I'm listening. I'm not, I'm not looking with incred- incredulity. That's a good word. Yeah. But yeah, so it, obviously it, like it's in windows. It, we have it in electronics, like for stuff in our phones, computers, that sort of thing. And so by that, you mean that glass is made from sand? Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like everything is sand. Yeah. But sand is used for many things. Sand can be processed for many things. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh-huh, oh, right. I'm excited. Tell me more. Okay. Well, I will. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, but what I didn't know is we're actually starting to run out of sand. Just no. Yeah. No yeah, way. Yeah. No, and did you know that it's become such a commodity that people have started to, it's, it's what's it called? Been part of the black market. You're kidding me. I'm not. In India, it's even called, oh, what's it called? The sand, uh, the sand mafia or something. What? A, like, it's, no, it's this whole like organized I'm crime. a little surprised by all of this. Look, it doesn't. Living in a, I heard once, I don't know if this is true, so maybe you know if this is true. Maybe it came up in the sand podcast. I was told once that Hawaii actually used to import sand from Australia for their beaches. For the is Golden that true? Beaches. Look, I've heard that. I didn't find that in this, but okay. it could be true. Look, look that up, anybody who's listening. Any of our listeners, if you if you want to look that up and verify for that for us, you can text that in too. Yeah, tell us. Well, I would love to know the answer to that. Get us educated. That's what we want. Now, so basically they reckon about 50 billion tons is used every year of sand, which apparently is enough to cover the state of California. Booyah. I don't know. Which is about the same size as Victoria, by the way. Oh, good to know. Okay. Um, and so the reason it's a, it's running out is because even though we have enough sand in the world, I didn't know this, the sand that we get from like the beach or rivers or whatever, that's a different sort of sand to what we have in the Sahara. So yeah, there's heaps of sand in the world, but in the Sahara, because, oh, look, I don't really know the science. So there's it. different types of there's sand. Different, but it's how it's eroded. So you have erosion by water or erosion by wind, and the wind makes it too fine for it to stick together. Like in asphalt, you have Yeah, sand. okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sand gets too fine. It's not as usable. Yeah. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. But it gets everywhere in your car. <laughs> yeah. And then, so the reason it's become such a thing that has become a bit of a hectic commodity is because you have to do so much dredging of like lakes and seas and whatever, and that's causing a whole bunch of like environmental problems. Then you have a whole bunch of people who, um, yeah, they're just like, you know what? We can get money from this. It's wow. just it's just humans, right? They're like, can we make money? Can we control people with this? Let's do that. I love humans, by the way. Quick side note. <laughs> like, just that we also aren't the best sometimes. Um, but some other little just fun facts about it. The tallest sandcastle in the world was created in 2015, and it measured 13.97 meters tall and took 1,800 tons. Wow. Which, that's, you're dedicated. That's really, that's really cool. We had a church camp on the weekend, and we did a sand sculpting activity where everyone was challenged to do something from the Bible. Mm-hmm. We had some really cool sand sculptures. It's a great activity, really by the way. Ones, yeah. But yeah, none of those reached more than, than a meter and a half. <laughs> Even the one that was a hole in the ground was a meter and a half deep, so and I that's inverted. Think, like, how much time would that take? Like, this, you're committing to that. Yeah, too much time, I reckon. Yeah, look, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, and then I just think it's interesting. You have different colored sands. You know, I lived in New Zealand last year. We had black sand, so that's apparently more volcanic. Um, then you have the white sand, which is certain kinds of coral. You have pink sand, which I guess is other sort of coral mixed with um, things. You have green sand in Hawaii, which has to do with a mineral from, what's it called? Cooled lava. So yeah, it's volcanic, wow. but it's specific. Anyway. That's really cool. Anyway, so look, you're welcome. 
Thanks yeah, no, that. thank you very much. That's awesome. You know, what, can you can you find for me again how much sand they said was in the world? I don't know in the world. It says how much we use every year is 50 billion tons. So 50 billion tons of sand. And I'm just reminded that Abraham was promised that his ah. descendants would number more than the grains of sand on the earth. Amazing. And if that's how much we're using, think about what that means in terms of descendants of God's people. This is Sandra Enterman, So Many Books. back to Real Faith with Robbie and Minnie. You just come that portion of the show for our testify segment, which I love because, man, it's so good. We read scripture and we hear these amazing stories about how God interacted with people in the real world. And it's important, I think, for us to realize and recognize that's not just an in the Bible times thing. That Mm. didn't just happen 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago, but it's happening right now. And God wants to interact with you and with me right now today. So we've got our good friend Keaton, Keaton Humphreys, right? I got the name right? Correct. That'd be good because, man, I've known you for a long time. It'd be pretty bad if I had your name wrong. Wouldn't that be terrible? (laughs) (laughs) So Keaton, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do with yourself? What's new in your life? Uh, I'm from Lismore in uh, North New South Wales and uh, now working as an accountant uh, for the Seventh-day Adventist Church 
and living in Wall's End. And uh, I guess what's new in my life is um, my little girl. You! Very exciting. How old is she? She's 19 months. 19 months. I love it. And what's your daughter's name? Annabelle. Annabelle. Beautiful. Very beautiful. I haven't had actually the privilege of meeting your daughter yet, unfortunately, but hopefully that will change sometime in the future. I Um, I suddenly feel really sorry for you, Robbie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And next time, next week I see you at work, you'll be like, here, change a nappy. No, (laughs) no, but I'm super excited to hear that for you. Congratulations, by the way. That's so exciting. Thanks, Robbie. Um, The question that I have for you today is, what, what is it, you know, you're a new father, you've been a father for less than two years, and you've been on that journey. What, what has being a new father of this beautiful little girl taught you about God? What are some of the things that God has shown you through this experience? I think I have a better understanding of what true uh, unconditional love is. Like, there is nothing that could ever stop me from loving that little girl. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful, um, man. And... Yeah, I, I think that's how God loves us, and you can't really understand it till you have that love, I think. Mm. That's really interesting that you say that, because I don't have kids yet, hopefully maybe one day, and I'm, it's really interesting. People, all, Every parent that I've ever met tells me that. They're like, you don't understand until it happens. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So what are some other cool things about being a, a, a father? Oh, it's just so much fun. Uh, it. The, the best part for me is it gets better every day. Like, I'm always saying to my wife, like, isn't this a fun age? And she's like, yeah, loving this. I wish we could pause it here. And, <laughs> and then it just gets better. And, yeah, I feel like I'm just really looking forward to the next 20, 30 years, um, getting to know her as she changes. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it gets better with each stage? Uh, I think with each stage... I've spent more time getting to know her and the love is increasing. So maybe that's why it's getting better as it goes along. Um, And maybe it's like that for God too. Uh, Maybe his love is increasing for us. I don't know. Yeah, it's a really cool thought, isn't it? Man. like, like, Just just think about it. Feel free to jump in too, Minnie. Just think about what what implications does that, that experience that as you grow, you can have a deeper relationship. How does that connect with our experience and understanding of God as our Father. It's cool, isn't it? Because like, we figure His love for us is infinite, but can infinite can it grow? Can it be even more than it was mm. if it was infinite to begin with? Yeah. Mm. That's a super interesting thing to think about. Do you think about this? So C.S. Lewis, a famous Christian author, wrote once, he said that when, when somebody dies in, say, a circle of friends... We, I know this is like a way big tangent from talking about new life, but it'll plug in. I'm, I'm telling you. Stick with me to the end. He, he said, when somebody in a circle of friends dies, you might think that you would get more of each of the people in that group because you'd have more time with that individual person because there's less people to spend time with. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, he said a very interesting thing. He said, what, what's actually true is you, you get less of that person because there are things that someone else brings out in that mm. person that aren't brought out in the same way by anyone else. And so when someone goes, you actually lose a bit of that person in the sense that what they brought out, that spark, you don't get to see that in the same level. So it's interesting that you say that because I think it just ties in that maybe the more that we grow, the more that we learn, the more there is to love. Oh, I like that, yeah. The more we learn, the more we grow, the more there is to love. 
And actually, just on that topic, with you being a parent, I, I have so many friends that I've had for years and years and years, and when I saw them become parents, oh, man, like just this beautiful side to them. I always, I, you know, I was like, oh, you're awesome. But then them becoming parents, I was like, oh, yes, this is amazing. And I think partly to what you're saying, Ruby, it's like they've had to learn so much about themselves and being a parent and all the things, and they've just grown in such an amazing way. And so many, I think nearly every parent of my friends that I've spoken to, they're like, oh, yeah, 100%, we understand something about God's love that we just never could before. And I'm like, well, can I learn without being a parent? Because, <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'll just use their kids and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Not everybody's going to have kids. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. It's all right. The future is, is a bold and brave horizon. So are there any final remarks that you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up this segment, Keaton? Um, I guess for any parents out there that are struggling, because it is hard as well, uh, don't want to you know, forget about that disclaimer. Uh, it's rewarding, but it, it's hard work. Um, mm. If you're struggling or you know, just needing some encouragement, just, um, yeah, just remember how much God loves you and, um, mm. and yeah, it will make it a bit easier to, uh, <laughs> to do all that hard work. Mm. Yeah, definitely. No, thank you so much for coming in, Keaton. It's been a pleasure to have you. And uh, we pray that God will continue to bless you and give you insights as you continue to raise Annabelle and that uh, she'll be blessed as well and to know God and to know him better through you. This is Melissa Otto Loom.
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Minnie. You are listening to Faith FM, and uh, it's come that portion of the show where we get into our Bible study. So I'm super excited about that. Mm. But before we do, we have a giveaway for our question of the week. So if you are the first caller in for our question of the week today, you will receive a free copy of one of my very favorite books called The Desire of Ages. And The Desire of Ages is basically a commentary on the life of Jesus. So it's a commentary on the gospel story, and it follows from the beginning of the gospel all the way to the end of the gospel. So super excited, like in the gospels, like mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it's a great book. I once read it, and I would read a chapter of that after I would read a section, the, the sections of scripture that it was based, that it was commentating on it. Man, it, it really was a great few months of reading in my personal Such time. Beautiful um, expanding on the idea of who Jesus is. Like they're all Bible stories, but oy, the way it just fleshes it out a bit. That's it. So if you would like a copy of that, send in your questions to, that was very American, your questions, to 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us at 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Or hit us up on our Faith FM Australia page. So super excited to hear from you. We'd love to hear your questions. Excited about that. And before we get into our Bible study, let's start with a word of prayer, shall we? Mm, Hot out. Father, I just want to pray that you'd fill us with your spirit, that you'd lead each of us wherever we are in our lives and wherever we are right now to hear and understand your word in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to be starting our story today in the Gospel of Luke, chapter one. Now, that is the third book of the New Testament for those that are following along on a Bible. So you've got Matthew, Mark, then Luke. Now, interestingly enough, and here's a pop quiz question for you, Minnie. Oh, here we go. In which Gospels, which books of the Bible, does it talk about the birth of Jesus? Bum, bum, bum. I know it's definitely two. Oh, yeah, it is two. You're right. Is it all? Is it all of them? No, it's two. Okay. Yeah. It's two. Take a guess. <laughs> Matthew and Luke? Yes. Well done. Excellent. I don't have a copy of Desire of Ages for you, but that's all right. <laughs> I think you've got one already from the sounds of it. I so do. that's all good. Um, so the birth of Jesus is actually just talked about in these two books. Mm. Uh, Mark doesn't comment on it. John doesn't comment on it. And they actually contain different stories, which is really exciting to, to find these little nuggets of wisdom as we go through. But we're going to be starting in the Gospel of Luke today. And what's really interesting and that a lot of people don't know is that the Gospel of Luke and the account that it has of Jesus' birth and the lead up to that, which we're going to be starting with today, actually commentates also on the the birth of John the Baptist, mm. who was the forerunner for, for Jesus' message. So we're going to start in Luke chapter 1, and if you have got a Bible, you can follow along. We're going to skip the introduction to the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to start in verse 5. Awesome. Okay, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, Abijah, I don't know. His wife was the daughter of, was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Okay, let's pause there. So, what what do we find out in this little section about these two characters? Who's involved in the story so far? So we have Zacharias and Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is his wife. Yeah. And how old are they? Well, we know they're old. They're old, yeah. right? It doesn't give a descript age. It just says they were well advanced in years. Yeah. Perhaps a nice way, as you might say, of a friend. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're getting on they're a little bit, on. right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is significant. What else does it tell us about them? 
Do they have children? No. They don't have children. So it says that Elizabeth was barren. Mm. Okay. What else does it tell us about them? We know that they are blameless before God. Okay. Now, what in the world does that mean? Does that mean Zacharias and Elizabeth had never sinned? No. Obviously not. The Bible says (laughs) all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, right? Mm. Okay. So what does this mean? Any thoughts? Look. <laughs> you, can, you can have no thoughts. It's okay. You can say no. No, it's, well, it's a question. It's, it's actually something I've thought about a lot. I'm like, what does that look like to be blameless? And in my head, I, I kind of attribute to just being covered by the blood of Jesus. Like, it's it's grace, right? Like, I follow God and I kind of walk blameless. Look, I don't know, Robbie. That's okay. I, in my head, I have a picture of what I think it is. Yeah. Mm. What do you think? What I think thoughts? it's really interesting as we're going to find out that he was not a man who lived perfectly. Yeah. And yet he was a holy man. Mm. He was in a saving relationship with God. That doesn't mean that he was unable to make a mistake, but he was walking righteously. It says in all the ordinances and commands of God, he was righteous. He and his wife, by the way. Mm. And it seems to me that that's part of the reason that they were called by God to, as we're going to find out, to be the parents of a very special individual. But it's very interesting to note, God chose them because they were righteous and blameless, but they weren't perfect, right? Yeah. They were on that journey. They were in a saving relationship with Jesus, and he's on that journey. Like Obviously not with Jesus yet, per se, but a journey with God. So it, just interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers, but I think it's fascinating to think about. Yeah, I was just going to comment on um, something that I've talked to other people about, is this was kind of a time period, and culturally speaking, children were seen as a blessing of God. Totally. Right? And so I just imagine what that would have been like for them to be trying to do it, you know, they're like, God, we're, we're following after you. But there's also, there's this real cultural stigma at the time at play of, but where's the blessing then? That's right. Maybe you're guilty of some other sin mm. and that's why God has cursed your womb, mm-hmm. right? And so it's really interesting that in the midst of that challenge where they may have been perceived to not be blameless and righteous, mm. they actually were walking faithfully with God to the best of their ability, to the best of their knowledge, and God was about to bless them with something that would actually make that acknowledgeable to others, oh, hey, which yeah. may not be the purpose, but it's you know it's it's very interesting that God chooses these folks. Yeah, yeah, fully. And He also chooses these folks, I think, to show His glory. So check this out. Let's keep reading from verse eight onwards. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Verse 11, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. All right, so he goes into the temple, and he's the lot fell on him, so they cast lots. It's, I don't mean to be sound a little bit sacrilegious, but it's kind of like like dice, right? Mm. It's it's a way to 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 pick somebody. Let's like yeah, by count chance, short straws, right? Yeah. Pick the short straw out of all the straws that are cut the same except the one. So he winds up going in. It's his turn. He's going to do this. And everyone's outside praying. He's offering incense, which is a symbol of prayers in the alt- at the altar of incense. And the, an angel of the Lord appears to him. Mm. And what would you do if you saw an angel of the Lord shining bright in all the supernatural glory? The reality is we'd probably all do exactly the same same, thing, right? Be terrified. (laughs) What? Whoa, what's going on? And that's exactly what happens. And what what takes place next is astounding. So let's keep reading. Mm. Okay, if you're following along, I'm up to verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. 
and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Awesome. Okay, so what is being promised here by the angel? He's making a big declaration. There's a miracle mm. that's going to take place for you, Zacharias. Yeah. And what's that miracle? He's going to have a son. He's going to have a son. Who's going to really be led by the Holy Spirit himself. That's right. Early, he says from early. says right? even in, in the, the womb, womb, before he exits the womb, yeah. he's already going to have the Holy Spirit filling him. Yeah. That's astounding. And we're going to find out how, kind of how that happens. I learned something about that today in reading. Mm-hmm. Um, super, super cool. What was the name of the boy to be? John. What does John mean? Any ideas? I have no idea. Okay, so John in the Greek, which is written there, comes from, oh, it's Yoanan, which comes from the Hebrew word for it, which actually means Yahweh is gracious. Oh, wow. God is gracious. Mm. So notice this. This is going to be a boy who's born and he is blessed by God. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. His job is going to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. Yeah. That's what his job is going to be. And what is his name? His name is John, which means God is gracious. gracious. Mm. And when you think about that and you think about the ministry of John the Baptist and the things that he was preaching and you kind of go, whoa, how does that connect? He was preaching a baptism of repentance. Turn to God. Mm. return to God because he is gracious to forgive. And people came, repented of sin. They walked away from sin. They walked to Jesus or to God rather, Mm. and they made confession of sins, right? This is all a part of of God's grace Mm. leading to change in life. It's beautiful. This is what he's called. And I love that. The forerunner of Jesus is somebody whose name means God is gracious. In case you didn't know, the Messiah is coming and God is gracious. Mm. It's beautiful, isn't it? I just think what a kind of intense message to hear about your child, though. Do you know what I mean? Like we just had our interview before with Keaton about being a new dad. Yeah. And I just imagine as exciting as that would be, imagine, yeah, this massive angel, bright, exciting, terrifying, and then that was like you're going to have a child, one, amazing, because he's like your prayer is heard. Finally. You know, how long Decades has this been? Decades they've probably yeah. been praying this prayer. That's right. So, yep, we've heard you. Also, this is going to be, this son is going to be a, a, such a strong pillar for turning people towards God, like you said. Yeah. I feel like there could be such mixed emotions of who am I to like have oh, this responsibility and fully. also pray to the Lord, you know? <laughs> fully. And, and in fact, let's keep reading because we're mm. going to see his reaction. Let's, yeah. let's go to verse 18. Okay. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled fulfilled in their own time. Awesome. Okay. Whoa. So what was Zacharias' response? (laughs) He's like, nah, nah, bro. Now think about this for a moment. This is going to become very interesting when we get into our next session as we, re- as we read about the announcement of the birth of Jesus and Mary's response to that. Mm. What's Zacharias' response? He starts with a question, right? Mm. He's questioning. 
He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. How shall I know this? Okay, I want you to, I want you to take, put that in your memory bank, my friends. Mm-hmm. Put that in your memory bank. How shall I know this? He asks a question, a fair question. He's like, hey, look, I'm old and my wife's old. How is this going to happen? And I want you to take note of something. He's a priest. Mm -hmm. He knows the stories of scripture better than perhaps many others. And he knows that he's a son of Abraham. Mm -hmm. And Abraham was a man well advanced in age. Yeah. And his wife was well advanced in age and barren. And it says she was past the time of childbearing, which might seemed to indicate she was postmenopausal, which means you can't have babies, mm. right? And yet, God gave them a son. Mm. He knows this. Yeah, this is not just a question of, ah, oh, you know, yeah. This, this is-, is precedented. God yeah. has done this before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And here comes the angel. Now, take note of this, by the way. Gabriel responds, the angel responds by saying what? I am Gabriel. Fun fact, everybody. Gabriel, the name of this angel is mentioned four times in the Bible. That's it. Four places where his name shows up. One is in Daniel 8. Two, Daniel 9. Three, Luke chapter 1. Four, Luke chapter 1 to Mary. (laughs) Now notice this. This is huge. And if you aren't familiar with this, this is a bombshell. If you go study into Gabriel and what he is doing and why he is the one who's announced, it says he comes from standing in the midst of God. This means he's one of the two angels, two angels of all of heaven who live in God's direct presence as represented on the Ark of the Covenant. He stands in God's very presence. He is sent from that important post four times in Scripture by name. Every single time it has to do with the ministry of Jesus Christ. Daniel chapter 8, he talks about the cleansing of the sanctuary. Daniel chapter 9, the announcement of the Messiah and his death and burial for Mm -hmm. sin. Here he announces John the Baptist who prepares the way for Jesus. Jesus. And then he announces the birth of Jesus Christ, which we're going to come to in a moment. Four times alone in scripture, always connected to the ministry of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? That is really cool. It's huge. Notice who else is mentioned in the Bible by name as an angel? Good thing to think about. Not a very common occurrence. Significant. Now he says, boom, you've asked this question, which I think sounds very valid. And he says, I am Gabriel. And because you don't believe, here's the sign for you. You're not going to speak until this happens. Mm. You will not speak another word until this takes place. And let's keep reading. We've got, oh, we got 27 seconds left. Let's, let's read 21 and 22. We'll see how we go. Okay. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So he comes out, he can't talk, he's making hand signals, there's no you know, Australian sign language, there's no Auslan then, he doesn't know how to get the language across, what's going to happen next? This is the Wellis family.
by the side upon his precious skin. I will know my Savior when I come to him by the mark where the nails have been. By the mark where the nails have been. Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Minnie. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. And uh, just before we get back into our Bible study, another shameless plug. If you would like to call in with a question of the week today, we would love to hear from you. We love hearing your questions, whether they be big questions, small questions, theological questions, practical questions. We want to hear from you. So if you have any questions, you can call in for us today. Sorry, I had a mental blank there. I wanted to say, (laughs) and the first caller in this week is going to receive a free copy of a book called The Desire of Ages by a woman named Ellen White. It is a fantastic commentary on the Gospels. So if you'd like to get get your hands on that, call in and give us a question, and you can do that by calling in 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can text us at 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. All right, so we've just read that the angel Gabriel, who only shows up four times in the whole of Scripture by name, Mm. he may show up elsewhere when the angels aren't disclosed by name. I don't know for sure, but he comes in. When we know. But it says his name by name. Mm. And this is one of them. Yeah. And he says this announcement, and he says, you're not going to speak mm. until the fulfillment of this prophecy I've just given to you. And this is really fascinating. We're going to find out more about that as we go on in the story. So he comes out of the temple, and he is not able to speak. Everybody's freaking out, and they're perceiving that he had a vision mm. because he's signaling. So let's continue in verse 23 to finish off this portion. Mm, So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Isn't that fascinating? Mm. Which really ties in with what you were saying before, Minnie, that she seems to believe that there is reproach given to her because because she has been barren. Yeah. Right? So this is significant. And, And I mean... The truth is there are many women today who want to have kids that, that are unable for various reasons. Mm. And it's a hard thing to be able to, to want to have children and not be able to do that because you know it's, it's kind of an inbuilt thing in the human body, the human psyche, generally speaking, that mm. most people have that desire. Um, and so she's excited about this. And I wonder why she hid. I don't know if she was afraid maybe they'd miscarry. I don't know. But she goes and it says that she secludes herself. Mm. And she's grateful to God, thus the Lord has dealt with me. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. All right, let's continue the story and let's find out if Gabriel's going to show up again. Well, So we're going to start in verse 26 <laughs> and let's read through 28. Okay, so now in the sixth month, um, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a, city, uh, yeah, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Oh, let's keep reading. Sorry. Okay. Uh, verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
Awesome. Okay, so what's going on here? What does Gabriel say to her? Pretty significant message. Yeah, <laughs> totally, right? Like It's like a step up from what John's message was. Yeah, yeah, totally. Not only are you going to have a child, yeah. hold on a moment, you're, you're betrothed. Point number one, she's engaged to be married. Mm. She's not sexually active. Yeah. Okay, in their context, betrothal was as good as marriage. Mm. You were committed. You actually had to go through the process of legally getting a divorce to back out of a betrothal. So engagement in their context Whoa. is a little bit different than ours. It was it was like the, the, the step into marriage before the consummation of the marriage, right? Mm. And so for this time, this was, this was a serious pledge. And so she's in this position, and he says, and notice his greeting to her. It's so good. It's so, it's so cool. Rejoice, highly favored one. Now mm. think about this. When Gabriel shows up and he speaks to Daniel, he says, Daniel, O man greatly beloved. beloved. Yeah. Can you imagine being considered by an angel of God, by the angel Gabriel, to be called a title that's given to Daniel? Mm. Like when I look at Daniel's life, I look at my life, I don't see exactly <laughs> a mirror image. Let's be real. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, and that's an understatement of the century. And she responds by feeling troubled at his saying, and she considered what manner of greeting this was. She's like, I don't know, I don't get it. What's I don't going get it. on? Yeah, yeah. And so he just continues speaking. And he kind of just reinforces the point. Mm. Except for saying, do not be afraid. He's like, no, no, you found favor with God. Like, don't question this. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Here's a side point. Sometimes we doubt the favor that God has placed upon Ooh. us, yeah. even though we have confessed, even though we have repented. We come to God. We know that his word says we are forgiven. Mm. We have truly repented and confessed to these things, and yet we have a hard time believing that he would favor us. Yeah. That's a problem. We're buying the lies of the devil. Mm. Jesus says you are, you are highly favored now, right? I paid for everything. You come to me, you've repented, you've confessed, you're clean. Hold on to that truth because my word says it, not because you feel it. Mm. And I love this. He confirms yeah. that you are highly favored. Yeah. You have been given the greatest privilege of any human being, perhaps ever. Yeah. You're about to be the mother of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. So let's, what else is happening there? So he says, don't be afraid. There's a lot of similarities in this to the other passage, right? What else do we have in here? Well, we know that he is, it, it talks about this kingdom aspect of it, right? Mm. There's the Messiah, there's this, yep, he's going to have um, his kingdom. There will be no end to this. That's a huge thing, particularly for the Jews. Yeah, totally. Because he's making a designation, everybody. He's he's making a, a designation that this is not just another king. Yeah, this is yeah. not just some descendant. No, no, no. This is Messiah. Mm. This is the anointed one who is going to set your people free. The one promised from back from Genesis 3, verse 15, all the way through the Old Testament. The prophecies about the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one who will save people from sin, who will bless all the families of the earth. This is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what's being announced to her. And Imagine that. Yeah, there's been so many prophecies, right, about a Messiah to come. He's going to be from the line of David. There, dot, there are dots there that you can put together. Mm. Like, even if you, even if you're like, hmm, me now, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And and just hearkening back to the book of Daniel, mm. all the prophecies of Daniel that that start with Daniel's time and give a prophecy all the way to the coming of God and his establishment of his kingdom mm. in the second coming, after the, you know, the judgment, all of that stuff, God's kingdom, Eden restored, that kingdom will have no end. That's a resounding theme throughout the book of Daniel. Yeah. So that's another confirmation. Gabriel's saying, look, I'm the guy who came and spoke to Daniel yeah. about these things. And I want you to know this 
this Messiah that I was talking about in the book of Daniel that he recorded, that's who I'm announcing to you right now. Yeah. His kingdom will never end. You're going to be his mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Now, how would you respond to that? Whoa. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, are you sure? Okay, let's read. Yeah, okay. Verse so, 34. Uh, yeah, so then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel an- answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, I love this response. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Okay, question. What was Mary's immediate response? How can this be? Yeah. Pause. Doesn't that sound very similar to the very words that Zacharias said? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How can this be? Right? She says, how can this be since I do not know a man? What does Zacharias say? How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Mm. It seems on the surface level that they're asking the very same question. But notice that Gabriel's response to Zacharias is, because you doubted, here's a sign for you. You'll be mute for the next nine months. Right? But to her, he says, an assurance. There's no rebuke for doubt. He actually just says, hey, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. He will be called the Son of God. Mm. That's how this is going to happen. And we don't have another story of this happening in the Bible, right? Exactly. Like there's no... This is unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. God has not acted in this way before. Mm -hmm. And if she didn't know already, it would be hard perhaps for her as an uneducated person, Mm. right? Not educated like he was because he was a priest. Yeah. She wouldn't have had the same level of upbringing. She was a woman. Right, So she wouldn't have had the same access to opportunities to learn the scriptures in the same way. She knew things. Obviously, she was the one who taught Jesus, right? But she wasn't, she wasn't available to have that access to that kind of level of education that, say, a priest would, yeah. who would have memorized the majority of the Old Testament. Yeah. Right? So the, the fact that it's talked about in a couple of prophecies, the virgin will give birth, he shall be named Emmanuel, God with us, in Isaiah. Mm. I believe it's in Isaiah. You know, it's unprecedented because it hasn't hadn't been fulfilled yet. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so he gives her assurance. And notice her response. Her response is not one of questioning with doubt, but questioning to understand. Yes. And I want to highlight this yeah. because this is huge. It's okay to ask God questions. Mm. What's the difference between Zacharias and Mary? His questions were questions of doubt and I disbelieve you. Mm-hmm. Her questions were, I don't understand how this can actually take place. Yeah. Not... I don't believe you can do it. I just don't understand. Mm. And there's a key difference there. And God's response through Gabriel is that the one who sincerely was asking for the purpose of knowing was blessed to be given an answer. And so for you out there, if you've got questions, you've got, because there are hard things to wrestle with in this life. There are deep philosophical questions that you got to ask that are hard to come up with answers to. And there are many people who want to ask questions like this, not to know, but for reason to doubt. And the response that Gabriel gives to that is not a kind response. It's, oh, you want a sign? You want to, you want, okay, let me give you a sign, (laughs) right? But his response to the person who is seeking to know for the sake of knowing Mm. the answers to a difficult question that doesn't make sense to her, Mm. who's willing for God to teach, he answers her in kind and he answers her with very clear answers. And it's interesting because, like, really, the answer to give still doesn't actually fully explain this it's still okay the holy spirit is going to be there 
he's going to be with you. Um, the Holy One to be born is going to be the Son of God. Now he does say, okay, Elizabeth, you know, you know your relative, but she's still just like, oh, with God, nothing's impossible. Okay, you That's know, right. like she, she's it, like, okay, what you've said. It'll happen. Step by step, right? Yeah. God doesn't go through and answer all of our questions with to, to the all of the detail that we might want all the time, but he gives us enough to take the next step yeah. forward. And I think that's the key point. If you're really on a journey seeking for God, he's not going to reveal everything in the world to you all at once. Mm. He's going to give you enough to take the next step of faith. And then when you're there and you've reached the edge, he's going to give you enough to take the next step of faith. And that's what the journey of faith is. That's what real faith looks like. A journey of one step into the next level of faith to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And guess what? It goes on till the end of your life. (laughs) And it's going to be a wild ride, man. And her ride was pretty wild. All right, let's keep reading. So she goes to visit Elizabeth. Let's continue on in verse 39. Okay, now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. I love this. This is so cool. beautiful. Hey. Okay, so think about this. So she goes and she's visiting Elizabeth. Mm. What happens is, like, she walks in the door and what happens? Says hello. And And? then the Holy Spirit said, like, John, in the womb, is like, yo. This is the one. Yeah. (laughs) So Mary's pregnant now. She's carrying Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. She walks in the room, and this is really neat. Mm. What happens to Elizabeth? Elizabeth is filled with the the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Notice the language, Mm. filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does she do? She immediately begins to prophesy, Mm. right? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. She's prophesying, blessed are you who believed. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? So, you know, something I'd never thought about, when when was John baptized in the womb by the Holy Spirit? Probably Probably right here. Yeah. Probably when Jesus arrived on the scene. Oy. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I just think that's fascinating. I just, just, I just kind of had that realization today in, my, in a reading of this with a friend. I think that's really astounding. And then she goes on to say this, and Mary responds by singing a song. Isn't that mm. beautiful? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, songs historically often are born out of overwhelming experiences, for better or for worse. Mm. You're in love. What do you do? You write music. You <laughs> sing songs. You're in difficult times. You're in oppression. What do we do? We write right. songs. Yeah. We write laments. We're grieving. We write songs, right? Like these things are born out of like, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Overwhelming circumstances, yeah. we'll call it. And she's just kind of had this experience, this confirmation of what the angel had told her. She's seeing it all. It's being confirmed. It's building her faith. And so she breaks out in song and we're going to get back to it in a moment. Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation Purchase of God Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. 
This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Visions of rapture now burst at my side. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Angels descending, bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Minnie. You're listening to Faith FM. And I'm going to do one more shameless plug. If you've got any questions that you'd like to send in for our Question of the Week session today, we'd love to hear from you. Could be anything about the Bible, spirituality, God, questions, whatever you've got, we'd love to hear from you. And our first caller in today is going to receive a free copy of a commentary on the Gospels called The Desire of Ages, which is a title actually for Jesus in Scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you'd like to do that, you can call in at 1-800-325-5278. 
1-800-242-4843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or text in at 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. All right. So we sing songs in times of overwhelming experience. Mm. And so Mary bursts out in song. Yes, now, I'm not going to make you sing it, so we're just going to read it. I wouldn't but, even know how to sing it. Yeah, I don't either. It doesn't, doesn't have any notes written down. So, um, so, so let's go from verse 46 of Luke chapter 1. Fantastic. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded my lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the indignation of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her, being Elizabeth, about three months and returned to her house. I love it. It's so, so beautiful. Good, yeah. So many things that we could say, but there's just one thing I really want to highlight there. And that's the first thing that she says. My soul magnifies the Lord. Now that's a weird word. We don't normally say that. Uh, in my Bible, it's got a note that says declares the greatness of. Wow. In other words, I'm, I'm declaring my soul, who I am, my psyche magnifies, declares the greatness of the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced and what does he call, what does she say next? In God, my Savior. Savior. Mm. Notice this. Not just God, our Savior, the people of Israel. Not just God, the Savior of the world. No, no, no. My, my Savior. Mm. There's a personal aspect of this. Yes, Jesus came to save the world, but Jesus also came to save the individual. Mm. And I think both of those things are important to understand and to remember. God is not just the Savior of the world outside He's the savior of the individuals who choose to receive him. Mm. And I think it's amazing that even now, just like, just after a short time into this journey, she already gets it. Yeah. And I believe that's part of perhaps of why God chose her. Yeah. And I I was just thinking. She gets it. Yeah. Just as you were speaking, I was thinking about, you know, with this song, as you were saying, so, so much music just for centuries across cultures, it comes from this place of, yeah, intense experience or emotion or whatever. In a way, she kind of had a couple of options here. With this song, what she does, she just fully glorifies God. This is who you are. This is the God that I know. This is the God who has saved and does these things. She could have gone the other way and gone, my lonely, lowly state, like, who am I? I'm not deserving. I'm. Do you know what I mean? This is eyes on God. Man, who you are. Who's the focus? Yeah. And so often when we get the focus wrong, like, look, let's be honest. When we look at God and then we look at ourselves, we should look at ourselves pretty lowly, oh, yeah, like yeah, you're going yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is not to get stuck looking at ourselves. Yeah. The point is when I look at myself and I see my brokenness, that I shouldn't just keep looking at me, yeah. trying to fix me. Let me look to Jesus because he's the one who can fix me. Mm. Get, our, get our focus right and everything else comes after. Yeah. Right. If you point your head to the left, your whole body goes that way. You point your eyes to Jesus, he'll take care of the rest. Mm. Focus on Jesus and getting to know him, trusting in him, surrendering to him, walking with him. Mm. He will reveal everything. He will lead you on the path. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm. Love it. So good. All right, let's keep reading in the story. We're going to try and see if we can if we can make it through most of the rest of the story. 
Give it a red hot go. Verse 57. Now, Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they, adjo- they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them, and all these things were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. That's awesome. <laughs> so I love this. I just looked this up really quick while you were reading. Mm-hmm. Um, Zacharias means God has remembered. Ooh. Isn't that interesting? And they're like, wow. they're like, man, we're gonna we're gonna name him yeah. after his father. God has remembered. Because God has remembered you, God has remembered your righteousness, God yeah. has remembered like I can just picture all the reasons they they might say that. Uh-huh. God has remembered his promise, God has remembered you. God but he says, No, 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 no. The name is John. And they're like, nah, nah. Nobody in the family's named John. We're not naming him John. <laughs> So let's go ask the father. I love that. They tried like just, uh-huh. well, you're the lady of the house. We're just going to, we're going to go around the edge. We're going to go to talk to the man. Mm-hmm. And, and at this like, point, no. he's not been able to speak, remember? Yeah. And the child's been born mm. and he's still not able to speak. And what does he do? He writes down on a tablet. He says, his name is John, mm. which means his name is God is gracious. Yeah. If you look at the history of Israel, there is nothing, there's no clear example of Israel being worthy of God remembering them, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? I do, And when we look at our own lives, the same is true. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Right? And it's not, the Savior isn't coming because because we are worthy of it. The Savior is coming because of God's graciousness. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And John who's going to be the, the forerunner of the gospel coming, the good news coming through Jesus Christ, he's to announce God is gracious. That's mm. what my name means. That's the, that's the point behind everything. I'm teaching repentance. Why? Because God is gracious. Yeah. I'm telling you that the, the Lord who's coming, he will anoint you with the Holy Spirit. He will baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. Why? Because God is gracious. And I love, I think there's a verse in, it might be Isaiah, that says somewhere like, therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious. Whew. Like, I, I just remember reading, I was like, ooh, but I just imagine this time for Zacharias where he can't talk. I Have you ever lost your voice? Like, fully oh, lost yeah. your voice. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I lost my voice once for like a week and a half. Yeah, like, you like proper- to talk, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but what I noticed was it was just like, I wasn't even sick. I was just had no voice. And people just stopped talking to me. I was just like, man, you can talk. I'll just listen. But people just started talking to me less. And I just imagine this time for him. Ooh, he had some time with Jesus. A time of reflecting. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, definitely a time of reflection and re- and probably heart searching. Yeah, and me. notice the change. Yeah, he recognizes. Oh, yeah, this all came because God is gracious. Mm-hmm. This all came because I was told it would come, and I didn't believe, even though I had I had precedence in God's working in human history in my tribe. Yeah, through Abraham, the father of our people. Yeah, through <laughs> through whom all the promises came. The promise, particularly of Messiah, God is gracious. God is gracious. Truly, God is gracious. And so I love what happens next. Um, we've, got a, we've got a little bit of time. Let's read from verse 67. Okay. Check out what happens to Zacharias as we wrap up. Okay. 
Okay, so now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember uh, his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. You will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, which, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give us light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was, and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. I love this. So if you think about this, when when John the Baptist is out preaching in the wilderness, which just happens later on in, I think, chapter 3, it's interesting. People were watching and waiting to see what John was going to do. Yeah. Because this was a miracle, first of all, that he was born. Notice who's filled with the Holy Spirit after this point. Zacharias. Zacharias. Zacharias, when he responds in, in faith, is now filled with the Holy Spirit when he believes. Isn't that beautiful? This is Jason Gray, Blessed Be. Who 
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Minnie. I'm still getting used to that, by the way. It's it, it's it's getting there. It's getting easier every time bank. I have. Yeah, well, it's just you know, five five months old habits die hard. But uh, yeah. do you know what time it is? It's like specific. Question of the week. How good? That's the That's time it, it is. <laughs> How good? That was like a real like groovy vibe oh. as well. Oh, yeah, you, it was great because you did no idea what I was I talking no about. I had no idea. I was like, like um, what, what time is it literally? I said literally? like five o'clock, I guess. Oh, so 5.07 and 32 seconds. <laughs> now I know. All right, so. Hang on, you know what we're going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? We're going to listen to it again. Oh, hang on, that's the one. not, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to our question, shall we? What do we have for us today, Liam? Uh, today we've got a, a nice simple question, especially with the season coming out. Uh-huh. Um, when was Jesus born? Okay. Any thoughts, Minnie? Not December 25th. Yeah. We know that. Specifically, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the truth is that's actually a really good answer. The truth is we don't know exactly when Jesus was born. Mm. We know that Jesus was about 30 years of age um, when he started his ministry. We know that he started his ministry in 27 AD. AD. We can base that off of Luke uh, chapter 3. It tells us the year that he was baptized, Mm. which was 27 AD. We know that he did his ministry for three and a half years, that he was crucified in 31 AD. We know those dates. And if he was about 30, that takes us back to four, about 4 BC. Um, yeah. so that's the most likely time that he was born in terms of a year. But the question I suppose connects also to, well, we've got Christmas being celebrated on the, on December 25th. Is that when Jesus was born? Mm. 
And most scholars are, are in, in agreement that that is very unlikely to be the time that Jesus was born. We don't know exactly when Jesus was born. Scripture is silent on the issue um, with regards to, you know, what time of year, etc. Um, but we do have reasons probably some pretty good reasons to think that it probably wasn't December. It's very unlikely they would call a census where people have to travel in the dead of Northern Hemisphere winter, winter yeah. um, which would be a very difficult time for people to travel, not easy access to food. It's very unlikely that that would have been the case for Caesar Augustus's, um, uh, what, what do you call it? Census thing? Census. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> most like, scholars are in agreement that that is, that is a very, very, okay. very likely to not be the actual case. What's interesting is that historically it actually comes up in the fourth century is the first time we see it written down in the history books, um, which would be after the, um, I, I guess, conversion, so to speak, of Constantine, Emperor Constantine. But what are we seeing written down, sorry? Uh, Christmas being celebrated okay, on okay. the thirty or on on the twenty fifth of December. Oh wow! Okay. So it doesn't. It's not recorded in history until the fourth century A.D. Um, mm. As far as we know, the early Christians, the earliest Christians, didn't celebrate the birth of Christ. Um, so it's a later edition. And what's interesting is that December twenty fifth is the uh, approximately the winter solstice, and some of the pagan beliefs of the time were that. The world had been created on the spring equinox, yeah. and that nine months later is the winter solstice, and so this is why, um, perhaps, why they they came to this conclusion. Yeah. There were a number of, of uh, festivals that were that were kept around that, some pagan holidays, the Yule log. A lot of the traditions that come out of it are born out of um, pagan traditions from the time. Um, so a lot of the stuff that we do for Christmas isn't really isn't really biblical at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yep, yep, just call it. <laughs> so, so my, my thought is, um, if you're going to utilize Christmas, utilize it as a way to, to do ministry, to do evangelism, to share about Jesus. Because a lot of the time, you know, it's a time of year uh, where people are, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are lonely at Christmas time. And it's a great opportunity to reach out to those folks, to invite someone into your home, to come celebrate something with you, to and experience fellowship and community. Uh, depression rates are higher at the holiday season. Suicide rates are higher at the holiday season. Substance abuse rates are higher at the holiday season. So it's yeah. it's it's a sad thing that this happens, but a lot of people need fellowship and community. Um, and that's one of the great things that we can do at that time is reach out to people and utilize it as an opportunity for mission, which traditionally the church has, has done. So in answer to that question, we don't actually know, but it's very unlikely it was December 25, almost certain that it wasn't. And hopefully that answers that question. Um, Without any further questions, we're going to get back into our Bible study, and uh, nice. let's start getting into our application. We've got a few minutes before the break. Um, just going on from that question, actually. Oh, yeah, go just, for it. No, I was just thinking about this. I remember someone saying to me a few years ago, yeah, that knowing that Christian, uh, not Christian, sorry, Christmas kind of came um, out of a lot of pagan traditions and things, and we're just discussing, you know, so should Christians celebrate it or not? And I think you just brought out the most amazing point. We can use that as an opportunity. Because you know what else was a massive sign of, like, pagan or whatever was the cross yeah like and jesus used that and he just makes it like as christians you know it's in our songs right man at the cross like yeah that's so i'm like i think jesus will use anything to bring people to his heart yeah so like i said if there's an opportunity it's a time that people are open i know people who will only go to church not because they believe in anything but around christmas time so it's like let's do community yeah and one of the things that here's just a word to here's a word of personal opinion if that's the one like more people come to church on Easter for Easter services and Christmas for Christmas services than any other time of the year. So here's a, a little side note. Rather than telling them all the same, 
the same exact narrative every time. Yeah. Well, well, maybe Easter probably be a good idea to talk about the cross, um, since that's kind of like the the crux, so to speak, <laughs> of the issue. Um, Jesus dying for our sins is is the Huge. center yeah. of the gospel, right? Absolutely. Like it is the gospel. Jesus hanging upon the cross was the gospel. Mm. One of my favorite quotations. Um, but hey, at Christmas time, sometimes we should utilize this just really evangelistically. Sometimes mm. we just we tell the, the the nativity story and we don't make any real appeal to people to come to know Jesus. Um, utilize it. Yeah. Use it as an opportunity to build friendships, to draw people closer to God, to seek for people to want to study the Bible, to to really u- milk it for all it's worth. Like yeah. use every opportunity if if people are gathered around for something and you don't and you don't have to um, sacrifice your integrity. Your 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 godly integrity to to use it as a bridge, then use it. Yeah. Like every opportunity that we can to connect with people and to connect them to Jesus without sacrificing our integrity or breaking God's commands or being unfaithful in any way to Jesus, utilize it. Yeah, and if Does people coming to you, you know, it's very rare that people do just rock up in hordes to church. It's true. <laughs> like, it's true. Like so so the last few years at our church uh, at Coast Life Adventist Church, our church plant around Lake Macquarie near in Caves Beach, we um. We haven't really done Christmas as the sermon topic for Christmas for the last few couple of years, two years, I think we've been operating now. So, uh, and the reason was kind of like, well, let's, let's use it for a different message and let's try and, let's try and get these people focused on the, the gospel, not just the birth of Christ, but the saving that Jesus is coming to do in your life. Um, the forgiveness that's offered. Cause sometimes we kind of forget that focal point that, but that's the focal point of all of it. Right, like absolutely. Whatever the topic is, let's. It's an opportunity to lead people to Jesus. You want to talk about uh, judgment? Well, judgment should lead us to Jesus. You want to talk about what happens when you die? That should lead us to Jesus. You want to talk about the commandments of God? Well, that should lead us to Jesus. You want to talk about holy living? That should lead us to Jesus. You want to talk about health? That should lead us to Jesus. Everything that matters is connected to Jesus, right? Yeah, like, fully. So utilize that. Anyway, hopefully that's helpful to you guys. We just want to encourage you to capitalize on the opportunities you have to share Jesus. This is the piano, guys.
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Minnie. You are listening to Faith FM Radio, and uh, it's come. We've, we've come to our last little section. Sad times. Um, it is. It's it been is. so fun. Yeah. Oh, we're so glad that you could come join us. I'm on the hunt for a new co-host who can mm. come regularly. So, um, yeah, you might be hearing from some new folks here and there, some guest appearances. So, thank you for coming in, Minnie. We really appreciate it. It's been a good time. The last part of the show is basically what what can we draw out of this to apply to our real life because real faith happens right now with real people just like it did for them. These are not just stories that were from way back in the day. Those are real people Mm -hmm. that God worked in their real life and God wants to do the same thing with you and with me. So what are some applications that we can draw out of this story? Do you have anything you'd like to share up the front? Oh, I was just thinking, you off know. Off the bat? <laughs> yes, I Up the front, that's what I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, I just really like the point that you made earlier when we were talking about the difference between um, the response Mary had as opposed to Zacharias where questions are really good. Um, but there are times that God has given us the information we need and I can choose what I do with that information. I can act in response of faith or in response of doubt or in response of just genuine searching. And... Um, yeah, maybe that sounds a bit vague still, but I know myself, I'm quite a questioner. And so, yeah, kind of knowing where what what my questions are in which space. You know, am I asking God because I'm truly like, mm, I don't know, God, just help me out with this one? Or is it more of a, I'm going to ask you, but I don't really want to hear what you have to say because I've already made up in my mind what what the situation is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like. I really like that that idea of the questioning. That the that there was a difference between Zacharias and Mary, even though the questions were essentially the same. Absolutely, yeah. The intent behind the question was different. Mm. And what, what's really cool, by the way, is that Gabriel did answer Zacharias's question too. Yeah, <laughs> it just wasn't answered with such positivity, mm. right? He's basically rebuking him, Fully. but he's still giving him a supernatural answer to that. How can I know? Oh, I'm going to give you a miracle, but it's not the miracle that it's not a miracle that's kind of what you'd expect, mm. right? And some and, and this is interesting because sometimes God answers our questions and answers our prayers in such ways to lead us to the ultimate good, which is always his desire, but yeah. the way to get to the ultimate good is not always the easiest way. Now, if he had believed, it probably would have just been like he came out rejoicing and he started sharing the good news about what was going to happen and what God was going to do. But because he didn't believe, God had to work in a different way to bring about the ultimate good. And praise the Lord, by the end, the outcome was the same. He's now filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesying about Messiah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Mm. And prophesying about what his son's going to do in preparation for Messiah. But the, the, the response that I think is the goal is we should question, but we should question in order to believe, yeah. not in order to support our doubts. Right? And... That's that's all well and good for a believer, but what about a skeptic, right? Well, God says that when you seek for me, when you search for me with all your heart, I will let you find me. Mm. If your search isn't real, if the search isn't really looking for the truth, good luck finding it. You're just you're going to figure out ways to make excuses. That's what people do. So if you want to find truth, search, ask questions, but do it looking for the truth with a readiness to respond to truth. Yeah. And when you do that, God will reveal to you what you need to know. And I really like that. That's cool. Um, one thing that I think is really neat about this that I think, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to apply this to real life, but I think it's fascinating that when there are important messages in the Bible, they often get repeated. Yeah, yeah. And when you read this story, there's a bunch of things that are repeated. Number one, Gabriel shows up four times in the Bible. Maybe it would be 
important to consider. You know, you've got Michael, who's called the archangel or the chief of angels, and you've got Gabriel, who's an angel. That's it. Like, there's, there's no one else who's given that title. By the way, angel can mean messenger, who's given a name, right? So this is the only angel that's given by name, essentially, because the archangel is something different. So, so when you look at this, maybe it would be important to pay attention to the four times that he shows up. <laughs> So here's a note to everybody. Yeah. Go study Daniel 8, Daniel 9, which is essentially the same vision because Daniel passes out because he freaks out in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, they're talking about they're connected in a huge way. And then Luke chapter 1 to John the Baptist and Jesus. These are the only times. Go study those things. See what you can learn because God repeats things or isolates these things when they're important. Mm. And I think that's a really valuable thing for us to do. Look for repetition. Second thing I, uh, I really like about this that's repeated is... I think it's important for us to not just study scripture and not just read these stories for the sake of, of knowledge. Like, this is a Greek mindset. I just need to know because intellectual knowledge is so good. And, and our Western thinking is very Greek. We are based out of Greek philosophy. We are based out of Greek education. Our whole society in the West is based upon the Greek view. But that's not the Hebrew view of the Bible. The Hebrew view of the Bible is, Make it personal, make it real, make it tangible, apply it into real life. Yeah. And I love that because what we see here is salvation, saved, God my Savior, the salvation of the people, God who saved me, God who saved Israel, who has redeemed. And I love this because it makes salvation personal and practical. It's not a head knowledge. It's an experience that must be had. And God is knowable. That's right. Mm. I love that. So that's another thing I draw out of this is seek to know the salvation experience, not just to know about it, but to know the God who gives it and to put your trust in him as your personal savior, not just the savior of the world. Yes, that, but also that he can be your personal savior that you can know. So without any further ado, it's been such a blessing to have you guys along. May God bless you. May God keep you. And remember, as you go throughout your week, that real faith is lived faith. faith.